Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jansen. My guest today is Lauren Feldman. He is currently the small business editor for the New York Times, uh, but before joining the Times, he was uh, probably most recently the editor of Inc.com and deputy editor of the print publication uh, version of Inc. as well. So, Lauren, thanks for joining me. Thank you, John. So... You know, this is a little bit of a turn the tables, right? Uh, you you being uh, the interviewed uh, interviewing the journalist, but uh, I bet you it would be helpful for some listeners out there in the small business world to understand what a small business editor at a major publication does. <laughs> well, I think it's probably different at all publications. I, I think, you know, my personal sense is that the small business world has not, in general, been covered as well as it should have been. Um, I think some people have done it well, so others have struggled. It's, it's hard to get your hands around it. And for a lot of business journalists, I think it's a bit of an acquired taste. Um, I think for a lot of journalists, business journalism in, uh, in general is a bit of an acquired taste. Uh, but, but small business is, is a step beyond that in the mm-hmm. sense that it doesn't, it, it, it's not a natural part of uh, the world of most journalists, unless they happen to come from a family uh, that's had a small business, which of course does happen. Um, I, I stumbled upon it a little bit by accident uh, at Inc. Magazine, and and really fell in love with it. But I feel I feel like I've been I've been learning uh, every day and uh, enjoying, but struggling to uh, to catch up as best I can, and you know to, to finally get around to answering your question. Um, that's that's what I'm trying to do here. This, this is a uh, obviously um, a long-established, excellent publication, but it hasn't done a lot with small business through the years, and uh, I f- feel it's uh, it's been my pleasure and role to try and uh, increase the coverage that we give to small business here. Well, now there's obviously a ton of resources and coverage, really, even in the you know the online. Uh, space for the New York Times, obviously, because stuff can live there forever if you want it to. Um, do do you fight for some space in the print publication on a daily basis, or is or, or are you focused only on the online? Um, most of what I do is online. We uh, publish uh, for sure one small business story every week. We have a slot on Thursdays that I don't have to fight for. It's 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 just there waiting for me. Um, and then uh, the rest of the week, it's you know, it depends on what's going on. We, um, if there's big news in small business, uh, we cover it during the week as well. So the the main hub, I th- other than just going to New York Times uh, slash small business, uh, you're the boss uh, blog. Is would you say that would it be fair to say that's sort of the hub of of changing information for your coverage? That's right. Uh, actually, it's even easier. It's uh, nytimes.com slash boss will get you there. Okay. And that's the uh, You're the Boss blog. And um, that's right. We, uh, we update it daily. And it's um, the, the whole point of uh, the blog is to try to present the voices of people who actually own and run their own businesses. And we have a um, it, it, it has varied uh, over time, but generally we've had between uh, 9, 10, 11, 12 uh, different uh, people blogging at one time. Most of them are small business owners. We do throw in a couple of journalists who focus on specific areas. For example, we have one who covers the uh, 
kind of the public policy aspects of uh, small businesses. So, so if you were going to sum up kind of what I would expect as a business business owner to find there, I mean, is there is there sort of a an objective that you have for the publication that somebody, I mean, is that the place where I'm going to learn everything about how to run a business? Is it going to be timely stuff? What what what's sort of the overarching objective? Yeah. Uh, I wish I could promise you could <laughs> that you would learn everything. I think that's a little bit too ambitious for us. But what what I do uh, hope we can do is give people a sense of what it's like on the front lines. And yeah. I think uh, a lot of the coverage out there is from um, you know f- from a very a very uh, far away perspective. We try to uh, put you right there in the seat uh, through the voices of people who are running their own businesses and can tell you about their day-to-day experiences and the the, the difference is that they're not they're not preaching they're not yeah. um they're not reading from a textbook they're talking about what they're doing today they're, um, they're not selling a s- set of cds right like no me. definitely not yeah. that um, <laughs> it, it, you know that it, you raise a good point it is a little bit tricky because all these people do have uh businesses and there are times when uh, what they write could be interpreted as being promotional. That's certainly not the intent of having yeah, them yeah. there, but but you know inevitably um, they do have to talk about what it is they do. Yeah. So you're uh, you have kind of a unique uh, little. I don't know if promotion is the right. That might be the right term for it. You have uh, something where you're asking pe- people to submit their story um, about how I saved my company. You want to talk a little about that? Sure. Thank you. Um, the idea behind this is to just give people an opportunity to to talk about uh, a, a lesson learned and a, a difficult difficult experience that they might have gone through and that they turned around and turned into something uh, positive. Um, you know, one of the things that I've enjoyed most about covering small business is learning how open most people tend to be. I think mm-hmm. it's far more true of entrepreneurs than of uh, people in other spheres that I've covered. It's really more true than uh, athletes or politicians, for example. Uh, I think small business owners understand that uh, the only way they're going to learn things is by making mistakes, and most of them are very generous about their experiences and have the sense that you know if they can help somebody else uh, avoid making the mistakes that they made, well, they're very open to doing that and, you know, hope that maybe they can learn from somebody else as well. So uh, I've found in general uh, entrepreneurs are are very eager to share their experiences. And this is just one more way that we're offering people a a chance to do that. We we ask people who are interested to um, to create their own video. They can, they can simply look into a camera if they want, or they can do something more ambitious than that and essentially tell us three things, you know, who they are and what their company uh, does how they got into trouble, you know, explain what the problem was, and then how they turned it around. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the results have been have been very inspiring, and I appreciate your mentioning it. And, and is there an ultimate, like, winner that's going to get no. a lifetime subscription to the New York Times or something? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there's no contest. Uh, but, you know, they, they do get, um, if they send us the video and we run it on the site, um, a lot of people will see it. Yeah. and. Uh, I hope I hope that, that certainly I think it's a fair trade-off. Yeah, uh, right. We all get to share uh, in a learning experience, and they get to uh, have their business discussed on the New York Times website. This is one of those questions I like to ask just about any journalist that'll sit still um, for this. Uh, what's the best way to pitch an idea to 
maybe the New York Times or maybe just specifically to you and your own experience? I mean, what kind of gets your, you know, I think the days of firing off press releases via email or, or remember fax machines, um, (laughs) probably is not going to get your attention, I'm guessing. So how do, how does somebody look at my email? Um, I can only speak for myself. Um, I prefer email to phone. I just don't have time to, uh, sit there and listen to a voicemail. Uh, that goes on and on, and you'd be surprised how many of those I get. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, you probably get them too. Well, well, uh, I do, and that's that's kind of my point. I mean, I read the emails too, but I got to tell you that in one point two five seconds, um, I'm making a decision about that email, right. <laughs> and so how do well, I cr- exactly cross right. over the one point two five second barrier? Well, you know, I think you've probably seen this as well. The thing that amazes me is the number of emails I get from people who clearly haven't even looked at what we're doing here yeah. and have no sense of what we might be interested in. Yeah. And you can always tell right away and, and doesn't, doesn't even take 1.5 seconds to mm-hmm. uh, delete those. Uh, what I'm looking for is somebody who's, yeah, I think the, the, the first clue is some sense that they've looked at what we're doing and given some thought to what might work for us. And if I see a clue that indicates that, then I'll keep reading. And and at that point, what I'm looking for is something I haven't seen before, something fresh, something interesting, uh, a different idea, um, something that I think would be worth sharing with our readers. I'm I'm getting I'm going to give you a warning. I'm getting ready to ask a series of tough questions. They've all been really easy to this point. <laughs> what? Uh, uh, um, there, there certainly are some folks that would suggest, I'm not one of them, but there's some folks that would suggest that ink on paper is not really a relevant way to get information or news anymore. Um, how does a primarily print publication um, remain relevant for a small business owner or as a small business tool? And and I think you know part of it's obviously what you're doing online to integrate with the paper, but I, I was curious if there's a, a sort of an overarching strategy for that uh, particular quandary? Well, that uh, <laughs> is a big question. I, war- I warned you. <laughs> yeah, you did. You did. Uh, it's a big question that I'm not really qualified to answer. I could tell you about my own little world here. Um, well, you know, first of all, I, I'm not even sure it's fair to call the New York Times a primarily print publication. Okay, well, uh, good. I, I suspect it's true that uh, we still get <laughs> Uh, the bulk of our revenue from print, but that's not my area, and um, you know I shouldn't even be discussing that. Um, there, you know, it's a simple fact that the New York Times publishes far more words uh, on the web than it does in print. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many things that are available on that website now that never make it to print. Um, so. Um, you know, that's the first part of the answer, and that's certainly true of my small business coverage. We do highlight our uh, You're the Boss uh, blog posts uh, at least once a month or so in print, but uh, the vast majority of them, you know, never uh, never make it into print. It's, it's, it's a web product. Of course, they're always there, and you can always go back and look at them. Um, but our, our focus is, is very much on the web, and you know I don't think anybody doubts but that mm-hmm. that's where uh, the future is, is headed. Well, including some big digital players like Huffington Post, Gawker, you know, Business Insider, AOL, all of those folks are aggressively hiring some of the 
probably top journalistic talent um, in the industry. I think there was a time when those sites were seen as sort of aggregators of content, uh, and they all of a sudden seem to be uh, reaching out to uh, to journalists. So does that change, do you think, the, the thinking at... Um, for for your online space, uh, I mean, it, it, you know, what do you do to retain? I mean, that to me, that always was that was always the real easy sort of. Well, we have this talent <laughs> that you know, and we have this process of producing news and aggregating news that that those kind of up and comers don't. Um, and uh, you know, is is that turning the tide, turning on that, or or is there something that you do to retain your that you can retain and and reach out to the best talent as well? This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Um, well, you're, you're asking me a question that's probably more appropriate for the editor of the business section here. Uh, I'm not involved in um, the kind of big picture uh, questions and uh, analysis that you're describing. Um, From my small business perspective, I'm not too worried about it because, as I was suggesting before, I I don't I think there are a lot of places, you know, honestly, it's it's more places like you and and blogs that do small business coverage well. I don't think mm-hmm. there are a lot of big places uh, that do it that well. And I think, um, you know, like I said, it took me many years, uh, mostly at Inc. Magazine, to kind of figure out uh, what I think is important to understand about how small business works. I, I don't think that knowledge is, is widely held in journalism circles. So I, I'm not too worried about the uh, the competition, to be honest. Well, and, I, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I definitely want you to talk in terms of... Uh, no, I just mean in ter- talk in terms of, of your... <laughs> The small business space. That's the, the that's the only thing that probably matters. Otherwise, we're you know you're you're expressing opinions right about the, <laughs> about things, right. and and that, yeah. I'm not I'm not trying to 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 push you there at all. So so let's circle back to the content specifically on uh, the New York Times small business site. Um, what kind of content? And, and I guess I don't know if this is a true measure of engagement, but what kind of content seems to be the hottest? You know, get the most tweets get the most uh links get the most mentions comments i mean are there there certain types of stories that you find uh and again i'm thinking in terms of you know other people that cover small business too uh might be informative for them sure well i think um i you know the different ways to think of it the way i like to think of it is uh looking at it through the uh through the eyes of who we put up on the site so for example uh, let me tell you about one of my favorite bloggers we have here, whose name is Paul Downs. Mm-hmm. Um, I first got to know Paul because he emailed me around the end of last year. Um, he sent me <laughs> he sent me an email. Uh, I'd never heard of him, never met him, and he basically said, "You know, I've been reading You're the Boss, and I really enjoy it. I've uh, learned from uh, from some of your bloggers, but you, you're really missing one thing." And that is, you ought to have somebody who's blogging uh, about what it's like to fail as a business owner. Huh. Um, 
I can assure you that's not an offer <laughs> that I uh, hear very often. Um, so I immediately contacted him, and, and happily he was overstating the case a little bit. Um, I think he sent it on a particularly down day. Um, and, uh, and especially since then, his business has picked up. But uh, we call his channel on the blog uh, Staying Alive, and it's, it's really kind of life on the edge. He, he's, I think he's really typical of a lot of small business owners in the sense that uh, he went into this because he knew one aspect mm-hmm. of running his business really well. He, he makes high-end conference tables. And I think when it comes to designing them, um, he's something of a genius. It's much more complex than I ever would have guessed and than I think a lot of people realize because they're so massive, and yet he has to build them in his shop, which is outside of Philadelphia, and then ship them somewhere, uh, which means they have to come apart in pieces and then be reassembled uh, in an office by – you know, the labor that's there in that office and may never have actually done this before and may never do it again and has no particular expertise. So it's, it's really a design challenge, um, for, you know, before you even get to what the size of the room is and what the specific requirements for any particular con- conference table might be. He's great at that. He spent 20 years trying to figure out how to run a profitable company. And, um, He's he's actually doing a lot better now, and I think he's he's got a real shot at uh, turning his company into something special. But we're kind of uh, taking a ride with him and experiencing his struggles, and some of it's just it's just fascinating day to day drama. He did one series of posts uh, that he called "My Week in Cash Flow," where <laughs> he talked about showing up uh, on a Monday morning and having. You know, I'm just guessing on the numbers, but it was something like $7,000 in his checking account, and knowing that by the end of the week he had to send out checks worth, again, I'm guessing, you know, seventy or eighty thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you know, whether it was to pay for insurance or pay taxes or uh, for uh, to pay his employees, um, and he takes you step by step, day by day through his week, how he managed to do that, and it's um, it gives you a new appreciation for for what one has to do, especially in, in tough times. Yeah. And, and that's really what I'm, yeah, I mean, I, not all of our people are struggling uh, in quite that same way, but it's that, uh, that real, um, you know, honest, uh, firsthand approach to, to running a business that we're trying to capture. I think at, at some places they make it all sound so easy, um, you know, Small business owners are rock stars, and everybody's making a fortune. And you know, it's easy to get caught up in those uh, success stories. And you know, we do some of those too. They're out there, and it is inspirational when when somebody does something really smart and really well. But that's that's not the whole story, and, and that's what we're trying to capture. Well, I think I think the the vast majority of business owners are are more closely related to to uh, to that story. And and frankly, I think that sometimes by reading that. Particularly on a you know a publication as considered as uh, highly as yours, reading about somebody like that, I think it does allow somebody to go, okay, I'm not crazy. <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. <laughs> I think that's I think that's a, a, you hit on a, a a great point, and you know I'm sure you've experienced this uh, as well. It's so many people who do go into this uh, feel completely isolated and alone. Mm-hmm. There's no appropriate person for them to discuss their struggles with. Uh, you know, they don't want to bring it home to a spouse. Well, their spouse is tired of hearing it anyway. 
it's not appropriate to talk to employees. Um, yeah. it, it can be very hard to find the right person to uh, uh, to talk to. Friends may or may not understand what it's all about. May or may not be able to offer uh, good advice or insights. It, it can be tough and. That's really, you know, a big part of what we're trying to do with You're the Boss. We really try to get people to interact. And, um, you know, you were asking about what connects well. Every now and then we put up a question or something. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just fun to sit back and watch people take over the, the discussion. At one point we uh, raised the issue about health plans. And uh, I asked about people who were doing um, high deductible uh, plans combined with health savings accounts and what kind of experiences people had had. And this was during the whole healthcare debate. And it just took off. And we heard, um, you know, a, a tremendous number of responses, actually from people who had both positive and negative experiences with these kinds of plans. Um, but, uh, but I know a lot of people found it uh, tremendously informative. And it was, that to me was was really rewarding to, to have that moment where you could just see something take off on its own without, you know, our having to uh, to do any uh, any further input. Well, any, anything in um, uh, on the horizon? I'll kind of end with this, give you a chance. Any, anything coming up that you've got in the works uh, that you know, be it a series, be it a contest, be it a you know some sort of a, of of a new feature, anything along those lines. Uh, actually, we do. Uh, I'm very excited about this. We did a um, one of our bloggers. We have uh, a woman named Adriana Gardella, who uh, is a journalist, but who uh, writes about what it's like to uh, run a business from a, uh, a perspective of um, you know a female ownership. Mm-hmm. And she talks to a lot of uh, of women owners and uh, tries to highlight the. Um, the issues that are especially pertinent to them. And at one point, she just happened to uh, come across uh, an interesting, uh, I think it was uh, two women, um, two partners who had started a retail clothing business online. And uh, Adriana just had them talk through their experiences with uh, Google AdWords and Mm -hmm. uh, search engine optimization. And it was it was an unusually honest discussion because, uh, again, these were uh, business owners who were extremely willing to, to, to take the risk of sounding stupid and talk about mistakes they'd made. And they weren't stupid, believe me, but they, um, more than a lot of people do in, in public, were willing to just lay it out there, talk about what had worked and what hadn't mm-hmm. worked. And that, too, provoked um, a big response from our audience. So I uh, I, that's something that I want to come back to, and we're going to be doing something on a regular basis where we're, we're a, going to be asking uh, business owners who are willing to be kind of our guinea pigs to uh, allow us to use their website as an example. We'll ask them to uh, tell us about what's worked and what hasn't worked on their site, uh, what they've tried and uh, hope to do, um, and you know, any issues surrounding that, we'll, we'll give a brief introduction and then we'll let readers uh, go to the site, play around, and offer advice. And uh, we're hoping that, it, you know, to some extent it'll be a little bit of a makeover opportunity for business owners who are looking for input and what they're doing well and what they could do better. And uh, we think it'll be a very nice learning experience for, uh, for everybody involved. So uh, we hope to start that pretty soon and we'll be uh, soliciting uh, – people who uh, are interested in putting their uh, their sites up for uh, discussion. 
All right. We're uh, out of time, Lauren. I certainly appreciate you joining me. Uh, the small business editor, New York Times. Go check out your the boss and the uh, small business section at uh, nytimes.com. And uh, hopefully we can uh, catch up again sometime soon. I missed you when last time I was in New York, but I'm sure I'll be back. That would be great. Thank you awesome. so much, John. Thanks, Lauren.